What's up, fam? Thanks for joining Conversations with Randy B, where we sit and just talk about issues involving and concerning Black people in a raw, honest, real, heartfelt way. Let's get started. Hello, hello. LC. What's the word? I feel like I have not talked to you in forever. I know it's been a minute. I've been catching up on the other podcast you've been doing. I saw the one about black love and all that stuff. I've just been sitting back being a fan. Sitting back being a fan. <laughs> yeah. You've been you've been sitting back loving because you had like anniversaries and stuff to celebrate. Yeah, it's a whole lot. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you had to live the black yeah. love. Had a whole bunch of husbandly things to do. So, you know. <laughs> well, I know you have some commentary and I, I said I was going to give men a chance to respond on some of the things that my friends have been saying about black love and men. I just didn't know if I would give you this moment if you had anything that you wanted to like refute or agree with. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go back again and like comb through. I've, the thing is, I, I've come to the realization that you know, <laughs> <laughs> even even if we even if we agree on certain topics, we might just there's always going to be like a little bit of of difference of perspective, but I can't necessarily say that I was listening to anything like, hell nah. Like, I don't know what y'all talking right. about. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, you know, I t- my thing is, I try to be empathetic. I try to be understanding. It's, it's very rare mm-hmm. that I'm just like, all right, this is some bullshit which y'all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want to have like a, a conversation with people because I think people really do think and wonder how men think about stuff. You know, and how they, you know, we think we know, but we don't really know. The thing is, I think me personally, I, I enjoy when it's kind of like a mixed bag. So I feel like a lot of times if it's just dudes talking to dudes, it might devolve into <laughs> like, you know, something Some else. Or if it's just women talking to women, it might be a little bit skewed too. So it's kind of like, I like the push and pull of you know, a mixed bag of people talking to each other because then it's just... I love that, too. Yeah, because it, it, it gives you, it gives you, you know, it, it almost gives you a little bit of checks and balances where, you know, it's it's easy to go in one direction or the other direction, but sometimes you need somebody to be like, you know, hold on, hold on. Like, let's Slow it up. Here. Let me explain it like this. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. And, and, I, and I can say, for me at least, it makes me think about what I'm saying a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yes. I don't... The reason why I say that is because... Um, the general point might be the same, but a lot mm-hmm. of times I think things things get lost in delivery, things yeah. get lost in translation. So it's not so much that I'm thinking about what I want to say. It's more so how am I going to say this that's going to be at least palatable that the the person in front of me is understanding what I'm saying and not automatically get into defense mode because that's that's also right, very, right. Also very easy. It's very easy right. to get into defense mode. We're quick to yeah when it's like about that stuff. Do you think? If you had one thing that you wanted to tell women about men, like just one thing, just to like wrap up this whole February black love thing we've been doing, what do you think that black women need to know about loving their black man? If there was just one thing. And I know that's hard. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, wow. Um, I would say okay. either rightfully, I will say rightfully and wrongfully. So it's either either in the good or the bad. We're mm-hmm. actually a lot simpler than you guys think we are. Oh, I think y'all are simple as it be. 
like, after like, me. But because I, I hear, I hear, I hear like my homegirls tell stories sometimes. It's just like, does he mean this or does he mean this or does he mean this? Mm-hmm. And just like, mm-hmm. yo, he, he he meant what he said. <laughs> like it, it don't it don't go no much further. I've seen that happen a lot with um, if like a guy will tell a tell a girl like you know what you know this uh this ain't what I want right now something like that right right or like I'm not I don't want to, a commitment I don't I don't want a commitment, commitment though. It's just like all right so does he mean he doesn't want a commitment under these circumstances or maybe if I <laughs> wait about a month or wait about no I'm like no 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 he meant what what he, what he said and matter of fact. You trying to force the issue is going to lead to a lot more heartbreak down the line. Because, say for example, like it's almost like um a situation where I know people who have kind of like hounded their man for like an engagement, right? Right. And my whole thing is, do you really want it under those circumstances? Like if you right, if that you, you had have to like to, sweat him, right? If you had to press him, if you really had to press him, press him, press him. Do you really want it under those circumstances? Because he might just do it to shut you up. Right, and he don't really want it, and that's gonna come. And that's one thing I can say, at least for me, like my wife never pressed me about that, you know, at all. You right. know what I mean? Like, if if anything, I was probably trying to get married sooner than she was. <laughs> you know? Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, because it was like you know, um, like during the you know context of, of or during the history of, of the of the relationship, we um. You know, hit some bumps in the road, hit some skids, but then when everything was back on course, I was like, "All right, we back here, let's go, yeah, go, go, yeah, full steam." Ahead. He's like, "All right, re- relax, like, <laughs> slow down, toughy, slow down, toughy. Wait a minute, yeah, yeah, make sure it's gonna stick." But then when she finally, when she finally came around, yeah, like she was like, "All right, yeah, let's do it." Like when I stopped, when I didn't ask, it was like it was on her own volition. She's like, "All right, let's get married." I'm like, "All right, boom, you ain't said nothing but a word. Let's go do it." Like, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. But I know I've been telling people, well, first, let me just address what you said about men aren't that complicated. I'm like, because my friends will say, because we'll sit on the phone, you know, for hours talking about a situation, you know, my girlfriend, and we're going through each, you know, thing. And, and I'm like, men don't do all that. So I was like, they're not talking three hours about us. And, you know, well, do you think that he did that? So I would think this, because he's, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh they are not putting all that time and effort into like, you know, strategizing usually with us. It's just what it is. So you just got to take it for what it is. Right. Cause and it's like, also, for, no, sorry, and then, but also I think sometimes men's actions belie and confuse us from what they're saying. So a man will say, I don't want a commitment right now. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get through, you know, work has got me stressed. So I don't want a commitment, but the girl is looking at, yeah, but I'm seeing him four days a week, right? So she's like, see, he even says that, that, even but that, we're together. Even that right there. It's like, all right, I don't want a commitment. I just want you to keep doing all the things you're doing for me right now. Like we're committed. Right. Just, listen, <laughs> right. Hey, hey, ladies, leave leave that dude alone. Yeah. Leave, leave, mm-hmm. leave, leave him alone. If if you if you want <laughs> all the girlfriend perks without the uh without the girlfriend, yeah, yeah, it's not the it's not what you want. <laughs> Which is probably the biggest problem problem that happens. No, I, I like I'm like you're not making him work for anything. If he's like, why would he change it? Why screw that up? Yeah, because my like you is, tell me I get the you telling me I get a paycheck and I ain't got to come to work. Like right, because yeah, like, the yeah. thing is, you know, and listen, I don't want to put you know just men in general in a box or anything like that. But no, but it's kind of like um, what's the what's the what's the what's the what's the best way for me to uh. To say, it. you just like, I just it's, say it. We, no, no, we, no, no. we, you know, we, we hold, like, don't when, hold back like here. The whole 
I, I never personally understood the commitment phobia, right? Because mm-hmm. my whole thing is because I feel like on a certain level, and, and this is not just for men. I've seen, you know, women do it too. It's almost as if, all right, if I'm in some sort of committed relationship with somebody, then I'm blocking myself off from other options or et cetera, et cetera. But then it's just like, listen, I've been single before. Like, I mean, it's fun. But after a certain period of time, it's like, what are you like? What are you looking for outside that or what do you think you're missing or missing out on that is going to stifle you if you just be in some relationship? Now, if, if you're with somebody and you see qualities that might not work going forward, then by all means, I'm not telling you to settle for something like that. But if you're mm-hmm. if your whole aversion to commitment is some idea that you're missing out on something out there, it's like, look, like, <laughs> all right, so. Before I met my wife, I had a long-term relationship before that, right? And I, I'll mm-hmm. say, like, when 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 me and, and that that young lady broke up, I went back to the proverbial streets, right? Right. And it wasn't fun <laughs> anymore. Right. Like, right. It, it wasn't fun anymore, it, it, and it felt like, all right, this is this is not as fulfilling as you know it was. It wasn't as fulfilling as it was before. I knew that there was a type of connection I could have with somebody. You know what I mean? And it's most like, people want to connect. That's what I tell people. Normal people. Like, I'm talking about mentally halfway stable because we all got, you know, some stuff. But I'm talking about mentally halfway stable people after a certain age want to connect with another person in a real way where they feel like somebody has their back. Right. Because it's just like, like, like you can't just have, and I don't even mean this just for, you know, dating relationships, but any relationships in general, just like service relationships aren't fulfilling. Like they're not like what, nope. what are you just nope. gonna, are you gonna acquaintance yourself to death? Like what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And and when a man acts a certain way, what I tell people because the one thing I don't like is that you know women act like all you know men don't have hearts and that they're hard. And I'm like, no, you're just not the one because he's soft with somebody or has been soft with somebody. He's not just a person who doesn't love like most people. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some narcissists and who've never loved anybody and got issues and, you know, on all, on shows like Law and Order. But right. for the most part, <laughs> everybody, you know, has that person that they treated right and treated well and you just aren't that person. And so, you know, I wrote about this this week, kind of related, you know, I just really want for us particularly in the black community to see the vulnerability in each other. And I think that we show an ex- a tough exterior to the world because we've had to be tough, right? The world has made us tough. And also just the stereotypes of what a black woman is and a black man is. Um, but I, I want us to treat each other as if we understand that beneath that exterior, there is a person who wants to be loved. You know, and respected. You know, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that because on a, on a, on a, I think maybe the last podcast we did around Valentine's Day, I mm-hmm. uh, I said, or or maybe in the podcast before that, I don't remember which one, but I I said something mm-hmm. along the lines of um, what what inspired me to go to therapy in the first place was uh, the fact that my wife said something to me that my ex girlfriend had said to me all as well, and mm-hmm. it was actually what you just said, where it was like I was. They both said I was emotionally distant. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, getting more, quote unquote, in tune with myself wasn't it wasn't a realization that, like, I lacked feelings. No, in actuality, I'm full of fucking feelings. And like right. I, I shut myself off from everybody as a way of like, you know what, 
if you keep people at arm's distance, they can't fucking hurt you, right? right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like right. you have to let I had to let that wall down in order to have proper relationships with people. And that that actually even extended to like my friends, where it was like even people that I've known for like 15, 20 plus years who I love them to death, I'm still not being as, you know, probably as vulnerable as I possibly could be just because it's almost like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the oh, for, but loving but, is bravery. Like that is the bravest thing you could do is be willing to love fully and be vulnerable and allow yourself to be loved and give love. So right. I yeah, that's right. real. That's real. I just want you to know, Elsie, of every comment I've ever had on any podcast, so many people love the fact that you talked about therapy and a black man in therapy. I would say that is has been. Uh, has really affected people and they've appreciated it. So thank you for sharing that with us. I, I don't think I've ever thanked you for that, but thank you. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. It's it's funny. Like um, how, how things come full circle. Whereas uh, um, I, I also previously said that uh, I've met my wife through my college roommate's wife, who we all went to college, but basically long story short, when I was back in college, mm-hmm. my, my roommate was just like, yo, cause he saw like, you know, a bunch of things like, you know, of course he you know, he knew about like me growing up and like my life and all sorts of things. She's like, yo, you might need to, you know, just check in with somebody one day, see what's going on in there. At the time, I was like 19. I was like, I ain't trying to hear that all that shit. You know what right. I mean? But right. Well, I mean, forward... black men, we don't do therapy, black people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fast forward to like 26. I was just like, yo, let's uh let's poke around in there, you know, see, <laughs> see, what's, going, see what's going on. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'm realizing that, you know my actions are having, you know, an effect on the people around me. And and too many times like I've seen things go, you know, certain ways where people are just like, well, oh, just accept me for who I am kind of thing. Right. That's, that's a favorite line for like a lot of people. And they like, really do. Right. Sometimes you right. Come to the realization, yo, who you are might be shitty. Work on that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who you are might be shitty. If y'all don't get nothing else outside of this podcast today, who you are just might be shitty. And, you might and, need to work and, on that. And the thing is like, there's nothing more humbling than coming to that realization sometimes about yourself you mm-hmm. know what i mean and 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 because and i feel like a lot of things would go a lot differently if people just like strip away the ego for a second and just like really because i don't think people do that enough whereas like if you really sit and analyze yourself like like and and take away take analyze yourself and yep. take away your preconceived feelings about anything like try and you know, see things from other people's perspective because I was the king of, I don't know what y'all talking about. I'm right. I'm right. I'm the king of I'm right. You know what I mean? But then sometimes you mm-hmm. gotta take a step mm-hmm. back and be like, okay, why do they feel the way they feel? Even if even if I still feel like I'm right in the end, it's still kind of like why do they right. feel the way that they feel and is there any validity to that? You know what I mean? Because it's like that's the only way to, right. really the only right. way to improve because you can't just go through life thinking that all right i got all the answers for everything because if you do then that's a, to me that kind of sucks as a life that you just so you just got all the answers well right. that that means you're a shitty person <laughs> if you're not considering yourself then honestly then it is you because yeah you should always be growing i'm well you know i was the only child well, I, I still am the only child and i don't know if i just had a lot of time by myself but I'm always constantly self-evaluating. Like, why am I, why am I tripping off that? What, what, you know, what, what is making me react that way? And I find it uh, very helpful because my thing is, even if I feel that I was more right than wrong, there's always something typically that I could have done better. And I'm, and I learn myself and and get better just from thinking about it. Right. Right. Even if, and and to, to, to that point, even if it's to the point of, all right, 
even if I'm right, let me just figure out a way to better express what I'm saying that it's not harmful or hurtful to somebody else. You, you know what I mean? That's it. That's, right. That's still right. Counts right. Growth, right. Where it's just like, you know, I'm not just out here just like shitting all over people's feelings. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Exactly. With no care. Yeah, well, see, you you preaching today. Well, we, like, we got to go over the week, though. You know, we got to talk about our, our wrap up. The Absolutely. Week. And I wanted to talk about Rihanna's speech at the award ceremony when she was like, "If basically white folks, if you are hanging out with black people, you know black people, you call them your friends, whatever, you need to help pull up because we're in this, you know, stuff is not right." What did you think about her speech? Did you hear it? I, I didn't hear I, it, but I read. I, it. I, I did. I did see it. I, I mean, I saw it on social media because you know they they post they post everything i wasn't right i, I, I missed the awards themselves but you know i ended up seeing right you know, you know what? i stopped yeah yeah i did see i did see a clip actually yes you know, so what do you think funny, about that uh like you mentioned that so kind of tying it into like at, at my job i'm part of something they call like resource networks where it's basically like different groups yep you know people come together whether it's like you know african-americans or latinos or you know women yeah, I set those right. up. That's my job. So diversity, inclusive. We were person. having yeah. like a, it was kind of like a, a company wide meeting where they're just kind of explaining, you know, the importance of, you know, maybe joining like a resource group, and, and and what have you. And somebody made a comment that it seems like, even though the groups are supposed to be for everybody, they kind they kind of always end up being siloed off with just the people who whose quote unquote name is on the group, right? And I and I and I made a comment saying mm. that I think that's because people don't realize that even though I'm not the quote unquote target group of this particular group, I can still learn something mm-hmm. and be helpful to somebody even if they don't look or act like me, right? So like to looping back into Rihanna's point, I think what she's like, I think it's very crucial what she's saying that when it comes to issues that afflict black people, we as black people know them. <laughs> like we we know the we talk to each other all the fucking time. Like we know what the issues are, but it's not just up to you know. It's not when I say it's not just up to us. It's up to us to make you know to make things as visible as possible. But the only way that we as a collective really move forward is if we have allies from outside of ourselves, and that just goes for anything. Because right. even when it comes to you know like issues like when when Me Too and Times Up started gaining traction. I, I made it a point to, you know, read as much as possible and then write articles when I could just because it's like, all right, I'm a dude, but I feel like I need to at least show my support to what women are trying to do here because I don't want it to just be a thing where it's me versus you or them versus us or et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, like everything moves forward when there's just people outside of yourselves that are also willing to help. That's the point of allies. Like, that's <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's so great because I'll be honest with you, you know, I started Randy B, particularly, you know, our Facebook page. We have a lot of activity, right? You know, it's like 70,000 people. So, you know, there's a lot of comments, a lot of activity going on. And I was shocked in the beginning how many white people joined. I mean, don't get me wrong, 95% black folks, but you have white people. And I really appreciate um, the white people who come and don't say a word, but I can tell that they are, are they'll message me privately and they are trying to learn and understand. Um, and, and, not, and, and the reason why I like that they don't say a word sometimes is that I have had people who have tried to White correct White the experience. 
like white explain yeah white explain or even say well no this is how it is and i'm like how arrogant of you to come and say what our experience is like you cannot speak right. on what a black person's experience is in america if you're not black like you just can't do it like it just can't happen and so that would annoy me but those people who are like and i have had people come out and say well how do i help like how do i um you know help change things and i'm like I, I'm all about people who are allies in every situation because I'm allies forever. I don't want anybody to be discriminated against, right? That's just my thing. And I'm like, one way is just speaking up. So I so appreciate, like, I've, you know, had people cut me in line. And when, you know, there's someone who's like, uh-uh, no, she was here first. I'm like, that's what I, that's what's up. Like, that's a, that little kind of stuff like that, you are actually being an ally, not feelings don't change anything i'm so kind of sick of people saying well i'm really love all people and i you know i have nothing against black people and whatever i'm like but what are you doing to actually be anti-racist where you are actively doing things to stop if you hear someone make an unfortunate joke or you see in your company that there are no there's nobody being promoted that of color like are you actively going to hr as a, as a white person or as a male and saying, what's up with this company? I'm really uncomfortable with the fact that I don't see diversity in, in the executive suite. You know, like, are you actively working against it? Because I don't want people just telling me anymore, I'm against racism, or that really upset me, or I'm against sexism. Like, I'm done you know, with I, that. I feel like a lot of people don't understand how far just visible acknowledgement can go. They, like, oh. they, they, because they, Child. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of times they feel like there's all right. If we're not saying you have to be on the front lines of anything, it's just more so mm -hmm. acknowledging what people are saying goes a long way. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Like, so even though like he's problematic to some people, I personally enjoy listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things mm -hmm. that I actually hate the most <laughs> about what he says is when. <laughs> Anytime the topic of like a white privilege comes up, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like he's looking at it from the perspective of I worked for what I have. And look, no one's mm -hmm. disputing that. No one, no, no, like, right. And I feel like that's the thing a lot of times that people seem to miss. When we talk about things, for example, like white privilege, no one is saying your life was easy. No one is saying that you mm -hmm. didn't have to work to get the things that you've acquired. What we're saying is that there are just certain factors that along the way you didn't have to consider. That's, that's right. it. Your race is not considered. Of all the things that hold you down, your race is not one of those like, things I that guarantee, is like, I can guarantee that most people who are like most white, like most white people, I can't, obviously I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I guarantee you that you are scared to fucking death if you get pulled over in your car. I, I guarantee right. you're not as frightened as the average black they're person not. is if you get pulled over by the car. Like I, just, I literally just had this conversation with a couple of my coworkers the other day talking about Bloomberg. And that stop and frisk thing, man. Like, <laughs> listen, everybody, all right, just to give people out there some perspective, I am a 34-year-old black man who grew up in New York City. So... I was here for prime stop and frisk. 
<laughs> right, right. I was like, you were stopped and pressed like, that. Like, Almost. Yeah, a coworker asked me just like, like, realistically, how many times do you think you were stopped? I said, if I had to guess, every, at least when it, for, I, I'm not going to say it probably tailed off a little bit over the years, but when it was first instituted, mm-hmm. every five times I went outside, at least two times I was getting stopped. That's crazy. Every, like, and, 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 like I said, I'm, I don't want people to listen to it from a perspective of like, that's how it was all the time. But I'm at least when it first dropped, every mm-hmm. five times I went outside, I was stopped at least two times. Keep in mind, I also went to a boarding school outside of New York. So it was literally only the times I came back. <laughs> so I would come back, go outside, wow. get harassed by cops for a little bit, you know, checking your IDs, throwing you up against the wall if you got a bag, going through all of that oh. shit. Like, at two out of every five times, right? I guarantee that you Let me don't ask you this, know though. what that's like. So to then turn around and say that our experiences aren't real is the most, in- they, they can't the even most imagine infuriating it. shit in the world. <laughs> to be discounted it is look because let me ask you this though do you think can you put voice to what you think that psychologically did to you and what it does to black men across the world i mean outside of being a, a uncomfortable I, I can, I can about give, police but what do you think is that you don't I can, know i could give you at least uh, <laughs> all right so without putting you know what i do for a living out there let's just say that um I work mm-hmm. at a job that has that requires a lot of armed security, right? Mm-hmm. Mind mm-hmm. you, I work for the same fucking places they do. I'm still uncomfortable mm-hmm. around them. Yes. I work there, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if right. I'm in a close proximity I mean... to them, I still feel uneasy because of all the experiences, like all the experiences I've same had here. with. Same here, and I didn't have that, and I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's something that you guys don't, or at least haven't lived through. So to then turn around and say like, "Why don't you guys just do what they say?" or "Why don't you guys just like yo like yo Randy?" <laughs> the first time I had my my first memory of dealing with the police, I was ten. I was ten, mm-hmm. and I got thrown up against the back of a police car. Because uh, all because all because so basically I'm so getting basically mad. What it was I was leaving school. A couple of kids, a couple of kids were were fighting. I was leaving the scene of the area because I was like, all right, this, this is about to this is about to turn into a rumble. Let me get up out of here. Mm-hmm. So I was walking by this cop car. I happened to catch eyes with the driver through the side view mirror. Both of them get out the car, mm. ask me what the fuck I'm looking at, and throw me up against the back of the car. I was ten. So that's, oh, so that's no. my introduction to the police. Not coming to speak to your third grade. People wonder later on, it's like, why don't you guys trust the police? Because of that. Shit like that. <laughs> right. And it happens all the time. And then fast forward to what I was talking about with stop and frisk and even, you know, living through like Rudy Giuliani. Like I was here in New York when Amadou Diallo and shit like that happened. So it's just like, no, we don't fucking trust yes. the cops. We don't. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you're a quote unquote upstanding citizen or anything like that like it, it is this is what our experience has or, taught yeah, us like, or even I think I might have told that story on this podcast a couple episodes ago when I was like I got pulled over like just like three years ago and they asked me their first question was how many times have I been arrested no, n- none wow. I've never been arrested right <laughs> well you know did you see the article this week about the six year old girl that, 
Because they took away in handcuffs for having a temper tantrum at school. And, and you know what, though? it's it's. I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of ties into the 10-year-old story that I that I said. It's because, like, I wrote about that on the blog one time. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was in my comment saying, what did you do? Right? And then I saw people making that same comment with the six-year-old girl. What did she do? It oh, I did, too. It doesn't matter yeah. what she did. It doesn't matter. She's six. Like what? <laughs> but you know, you know. I mean, I don't. I can't. I don't want to quote the stats, but you know, the number of times that we are expelled, disciplined, you know, put on suspension, black students compared to every other student, it's it's three times more. Something insane. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like we're never we never get to be children. You know, Trayvon Martin did to, was never a child. Tamir Rice wasn't a Tamir child. Tamir Rice. They're just seen as Tamir like Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice. Did you hear the the nine one one call with that? Oh yeah. They said that he looked like a twenty-one year old. Right. But no, he, he was fucking twelve. And on top of that, mm. what, under small. ten seconds from arrival at the scene, he was dead in a state Ugh. that has open carry. So that <sighs> means you guys did none of the due diligence to see none. what was going on here. Nothing. You did nothing. You saw somebody as a threat. And then immediately you jumped into eliminate mode. Immediately. I don't even think it's a somebody. It's almost like a something. It's like, I think that we are so dehumanized. It's not even a person. We're not even people. You know, I've talked about this. I said, I am annoyed. And I'm going to be, I'm annoyed. I'm a big animal lover. When I see the love that is just, just, you know, thrown and pushed onto dogs. I know, because I saw you make, make a comment before about Michael Vick, which is like, <laughs> yo, listen, listen. I am not with the abuse of animals, but yo, he went to prison. Like, what? What do you want from him now? What I mean, right? And I gave up a lot of money. I'm just like, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm definitely not. I mean, I've had. I, I'm, I'm an animal avid animal lover, like avid. But come <laughs> on, when I mean, I'm gonna put wrong or right. I know some people say they're their children. I'm gonna put people yeah, first. Yeah, I got animals and... in my house. If somebody did something to my animals, like yo, listen, I'm, I might come see you about that too. But it's like at a certain point, mm-hmm. like guys, it's been like how long? It's been like 15 years. Like it's like everywhere he goes, there's like still petitions about why is he here? Like what? Did, can he not exist anymore? They don't want him <laughs> to exist anymore, and that's that whole yeah, that whole thing. You know the way we, uh, you know, the, well the way the country seems to just love and protect animals more than they do black people just drives me nuts okay so what else this week what am i missing we talked about the terrible six-year-old child being arrested we talked about rihanna um uh rihanna's situation um did you hear about the announcer calling out at the at the the um what what team was that that they were it was a basketball game and he called the players by called their names um something like abysmal or something like that in Oklahoma. No, I missed called, that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like um a predominantly black and Native American team, right? And they were calling the they were, he was introducing the team, the announcer, and he was like, These names are disgusting. Oh, their names. Wow. Their names, right? Because I guess they weren't biblical or, you know, wow. traditional wow. names. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you essentially said everything you needed to say about yourself. We already know everything. We already know where this is coming from. <laughs> oh, and, and let me say this. This is what's crazy. Cause you know, I'm always more struck by the comments, 
there are people in the people in the comments were were defending him and saying it wasn't racist that he had had a stroke and he was just having a difficult time saying them. And so it wasn't it wasn't racist. I've never I've never sorry, but I've never had a stroke ever. Right? But I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna have a stroke and then start um calling people at their names. (laughs) Well and the fact that you called the names disgusting. I don't like unless unless somebody can go out there and correct me. I don't know of any stroke that does that. I don't I don't know that stroke. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, how do you think this Black History Month has been overall? What what grade are we gonna give this this February twenty twenty? Um, well, Deontay Wilder ruined it for for all of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. That was over at that point. It was over. It was over. It's just, you can't you can't get beat up that bad during Black History Month. You can't. Right? <laughs> all right, all right. That is our review of. Uh, so we're gonna give it like a, a D. We're gonna go with a D for this this year's Black History Month. Uh, uh, my, minus Deontay Wilder, I could give it a C. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna try to do better next year. We're, we're gonna try to do better. Well, it's good catching up with you. We cannot go two weeks. That does not work. Okay. We gotta. We gotta talk to you again. Soon. All right. So here's here's what we're gonna do. Just so it's on record, it's, mm-hmm. it's being recorded, so everybody out there can listen. And if we don't do it, you can call us out on it every week. Okay. It's on. It's on record now. It's on. No matter what. No matter <laughs> no where. No matter what. Happening. It's on record. Hold us to All that, right. please. All right. Well, have a good weekend. Same to you, Randy. Same to you. Bye-bye. Take care. Well, that's a wrap, fam, with this episode of Conversations with Randy B. We will chat with you next time. In the meantime, you can find me at randyb.net. Randy underscore underscore B on Instagram or Randy B on Facebook. Catch up with you later. Take care until then.